welcome to a new episode on the podcast today and we're going to be breaking down some big news recently going on with Arsenal and giving our season review as well. So on the episode with me today, I'm a good mate, Harry Kanzel and Teddy Iams. So the big topic which kind of rocked Arsenal's the post or the kind of off-season recently is the big news of Raul Sané leaving. So he was Arsenal's kind of I guess you would call him the director of football, head of football operations, I guess, something at Arsenal. And suddenly he's he's up and left. Not sure what the reasons are, but we need to talk about it. Teddy, what were, what were your thoughts on that the shock departure? Um, I don't know if I have a proper opinion. I think what's positive which has come out of it is that um, it looks like Arteta is going to get more control over transfers, which for me is definitely positive. Um, I didn't like this whole system where Arteta didn't seem to have much control. I think like he's really impressed me in the past like six months he's had a managing the team. And I feel like we do need to put a lot of faith in him to, for him to dictate our future. Ultimately, Sanye was kind of brought in to um, alleviate um, the importance uh, Wenger had on our transfer system just before he was left, just before he left. And ultimately, the signings we've made in the past two and a half years, most of them haven't been particularly successful. So I do want, So he hasn't been doing a great job, really. Um, so maybe it is time to go. Harry, do you echo those thoughts? Or? Yeah, pretty much the same, to be honest. Like, more f- bigger focus on um, Arteta and Edu as well. Just like there have been quite a lot of wasteful transfers which haven't got us anything. And now it's our worst finish in 25 years. So like, obviously there is something wrong. And like people have been like scrutinising if we did pay him too much for Pepe and stuff. So... Um, I think going forward is quite good because that's what Arteta needs. Um, he's got that pull and I think uh, he, he's got that back in now um, so he can actually sign like good players and do better. Yeah, there was always... I was, I was never convinced by this agent-led kind of signings because I think Arsenal's best transfer signings have always been the scouting networks. We've always been prided on finding these gems and flipping them or making them into great players. And just some of our recent transfers, it just looked so dodgy to me. Like, David Luiz, I understand that maybe fine, he was a stopgap. But, like, some of the other players, like Cedric Suarez, why did we need a right-back? We had Ainsley as backup. We had Hector Bellerin. It made no sense. And then we signed Pablo Mari, and he plays, like, five games and gets a three-year contract. It just reeks of quite a lot of... Like, something was quite dodgy going on with Raul Sanelli, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But I'm quite happy that clearly like, the Cronkies saw an issue and they acted quite quickly. So I was, quite, I was quite impressed with that in that sense. Well, I mean, I, I think um, the Willian signing is quite dodgy as well to add to that list. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's 32 and we've just given him a three-year contract worth £220,000 a week. Like, Chelsea didn't seem to think he was worth that. Um, we're meant to be competing with Chelsea. Why are we? Why are we giving someone who will be thirty-five at the end of his contract two hundred twenty thousand pounds a week? Like, is he a decent footballer? Yes. Is he a long-term signing? No. Is he value for money at two hundred twenty thousand pounds a week? I don't think so. Um, and he's another one of these Brazilian players who are represented by Kia Jurabchian, who represents Suarez and um, David Luiz as well. And I'm, you know, I'm questioning whether it is Sanye who is making these um, agent-led signings or whether it's Adu or someone else within the club. Because for me, that's not a signing which, whilst I hope he does really well and he may well have a good season or two, I can't see how he's 
how he's a good signing on three years um, for that amount of money. So I think more needs to change in the transfer um, dealings of the club. Yeah, I think that's just literally the same. Like, well, I think like, just a lot of mediocre signings not really going anywhere. And then like William is not worth, he's, he's not, I would have been happy if it was a, like a one-year deal or just like David Luiz's was last year. But we didn't know whether we were going to keep David Luiz this year. But then obviously he's part of Arteta's plans. But just more, better quality of players needed. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I I think, well, the thing is like, because obviously William's signing as a free agent, he's going to get like all of this extra money purely because we didn't have to pay a transfer fee for him. So I can kind of understand him like earning like 100 grand a week and all these bonuses and incentives and all that kind of stuff. But I think if Arteta, Arteta clearly seems to want him with all this, like he's a winner, he plays multiple positions and surely he can lead the young players that we have because we're quite a young squad as well, like Saka, Martinelli, all these young players. They would look up to someone like Willian. So I, I can see the positives of bringing in a player like Willian in. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad footballer or anything. I just don't think he's um, potentially worth the money we're paying. I'd, I didn't think Winger was one of the places we really needed to strengthen this summer, seeing as we have we just spent 72 million on Pepe, and we've got lots of good young wingers coming through, like you say, Saka, Martinelli, Reese Nelson, um, Emil Smith Rowe, who I'd like to see get game time instead of Willian, really. But look, I mean, I'm happy to be proven wrong, definitely. But um, it still seems a little strange to me when I think that money. Like yes, there's no transfer fee, but two hundred twenty thousand pounds a week for three years is is going on twenty thirty million as, as a commitment, and I'd rather see that invested in a centre back or um, in midfield. Yeah, I think we just we um, he hasn't really got he's got a year or two maybe. I think just I think it's a bit of a silly signing to make, but he's he's a good player now, and he has proven that he does win things and just has been consistently good for Chelsea. Even the Chelsea fans rate him, but now obviously they don't because he's gone to Arsenal. So, yeah. So moving on, let's let's do a little bit of a kind of deep dive into our season. Um, it, it was quite poor, I'm not gonna lie. But if we, we take it back to, I guess it's been a while. Let's take it back to last summer. Do you do you guys remember kind of the big controversy that was heading in? It was like last June or July. One of our captains just wouldn't come on the preseason tour. Can you remember who it was? Kashani. Yeah. Lauren Kashani refused to come yeah. on our preseason tour. And then he does the whole video going to Bordeaux, ripping off the Arsenal yeah. shirt, revealing his Bordeaux shirt. In hindsight, it was probably not a good omen for the season. I mean, our captain doing that, it was probably not the best start to our season. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, I think it... Well, I mean, I don't know if we've really missed him that much, but like, obviously it wasn't a good start to things. And I kind of think, looking back on it, with how like Unai Emery's kind of like three or four months at the beginning of the season when it kind of, now it kind of seems like that was a hint that Unai Emery was losing the dressing room because even if Koscielny was to want to leave, or I don't think it had been handled in that way under Arteta or Wenger previously. So I think that was kind of like slightly indicative of what was to come. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It wasn't. I don't think it was that major to our season. Like, I don't think that's the reason why we started doing poorly. But it was like you just do want confidence with your like your captain and stuff, which I think we could have now if Aubameyang signed a new deal. Like, I I think people trust him. Arteta does. So, at least that's an improvement we've had over the year. 
Yeah, definitely. And then obviously the transfer window last year, I actually didn't think it was that bad. We sold Alex Iwobi for somehow convincing Everton to give us like 28 million pounds for Alex Iwobi. I actually think that's one of our best deals of selling players in a while. It's quite impressive. Um, so we got Martinelli in. I remember thinking, who is this guy? Proved me a bit wrong, I will admit that. Got David Luiz. Got Danny Ceballos on a loan. Also be really interested to hear your guys' opinions on whether we should extend him for another season. That'll be an interesting talk. Um, we got Kieran Tierney, arguably one of our signings of the summer, I think. And the big one, who I still can't believe. Do you remember all the reports like last summer saying, oh, Arsenal can't afford Nicolas Pepe, he's out of our range. And then boom, that one day, everything just changed. Arsenal signed Nicolas Pepe, whole thing. And I remember thinking like, at the time, I was like, Don Raul's pulled an absolute fast one here. I don't know what he's done to get this through, but he signed an absolute gem. Admittedly, seeing all those signings, I actually thought we could have gone to the top four that this like past year. And I actually think Unai Emery could have made top four of this squad. He just absolutely messed it up. Harry, do you agree with that statement or do you think the yeah, squad was no, just yeah, good I enough in general? Um, I don't know. We, we didn't have the best of fortune with Tierney being injured uh, which meant that our defence was lacking a bit um, but I, yeah I said at the start of the season top, I think fourth would have been possible no higher considering like how good Liverpool City but there was a debate whether it would be Chelsea United or Arsenal finishing um, in the top four but um, I don't think it's, it's Pepe's first season in the Prem so I'm not too angry about that. Um, I just think, so yeah, just some of the signings like David Luiz, if we would have got a better centre-back, which we are doing, which we're trying to do now, we would have had a better chance at coming top four. And again, it is like Emery. He's just an absolute nutcase. Like, he's rubbish. Um, playing players out of like, position, like playing Torreira in the 10. Like, that's just... Like, that was actually another fraud thing then, Sanye. I read in the Athletics report... He tried to give um, him a contract extension in like April or something. I was like, what is he doing? Thankfully, the board didn't agree to that because that would have been suicidal, giving him a contract extension, then having to pay him all that extra money to get him out. Like, if, like Don Rose had some misses and I actually think that's a big one that the board didn't agree with. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, I agreed. No, I mean, you sounded like... Um, Emery was Sanye's man in the first place and his mm-hmm. choice as appointment. Um, I mean, like, perfectly reasonable, it just, it just went wrong, really. Um, yeah. And then, but more generally, the transfer window was quite good. But I have to say, like, I don't want to say it with hindsight, but I did think at the time that 17 million on Pepe seemed a lot. But I knew he'd had a good season in France, but I didn't know much about him. I thought that, that is a huge amount of money. Um, having said that, I'm still glad we signed him and not Wilfred Zaha because yeah, he's a far better football than Zaha and a good few years younger. I mean, Wilfred Zaha could be on the move this summer. Apparently, PSG are in for him. That's what I've been hearing. And I don't know why PSG need Wilfred Zaha. That makes like absolutely no sense to me. But randomness. Won, that's, that's the only team he wants. I'm definitely not going to sign him. I don't want Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, I definitely need him, to be honest. Another big thing that happened kind of last year, which I thought was quite impressive at the time, well, disappointing as well, but like Meza Ozil getting robbed at, gun, at knife point 
and then you know Kalasanak fighting off the robbers as well. I thought that that might be in that kind of a wasn't the best start for Mezzo's of season, I think. And he never really truly recovered from that. Obviously, with mm. Emery trying to freeze him out as well. I just don't think he ever had a chance to get into the team after that. Well, I mean, I don't think it's the, it's the, it was the robbers thing which is which is affecting Mezzo's or like it's just a chronic lack of effort and like and just wants to blame everyone else apart from himself. Um, like, yeah, it's a shame that happened. And like, it was quite cool watching Kolasinac fight off those robbers. But, um, like, you know, ultimately, the bloke's a stain on our club. Like, he's a disgrace. Um, Did you see so, his report in the Athletic? Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, like, I sympathise with a bit of what he said, but ultimately, like, he hasn't put in the effort and um, he's sat there on £350,000 a week and can't be asked ultimately. Yeah, just annoying that he's come out and said that and just we do need him off our wage bill as well. So that's annoying that it looks like we're going to have him for another year. Um, but I don't know how he'll fit into any plans of Arteta. He hasn't played for ages. So, um, yeah, that's, that's one of our problems going into next season. I mean, we have so many players who are in like the final year of their contract and we just cannot move them. We're like a less extreme version of Barcelona in that regard. Like Barcelona's wage structure is absolutely like screwed. And like their players are absolutely like aging and stuff. Arsenal's is a less extreme version of that. Like Socrates is in last year's contract, Mustafi's in the last year of his contract. Um Meza Urza's in the last year of his contract. And I'm pretty sure we can't ship out any of those three players. Not on the wages they're on. Mustafi's injured. No one's gonna buy Socrates. No one's paying Meza Urza. We just kind of have to bite the bullet on those three players. Yeah, no, I actually I don't mind Mustafi, to be honest. I'm going to say, just as like a backup centre-back, if like for this season, if we have, like, if we do end up getting um, Gabriel from Lille and then obviously Saliba as well, maybe David Luiz, um, if one of them gets injured or just for like rotation. No, I don't mind having Mustafi playing as like a backup. Like he, he's quite impressive second half this season, but as you said, yeah, Socrates is like an awful player, um, and yeah, Mesut as well. So, yeah, yeah. No, I mean we are gonna have to sell to be able to afford some people. Like I read Fulham were interested in Callum Chambers. I mean, went on loan with them last time he was there. He was their player of the season, so I'd be if they offered a decent fee, I'd be happy to let Chambers go to them. Um, despite the fact that he's a better defender than Mustafi and Socrates, because ultimately we have to sell someone. So, unfortunately, like, he might have to bite the bullet. Because I'd like to bring in, like, Gabriel. I'd like to bring in a decent midfielder, whether it's Partey or um, Auer from uh, Leon or someone like that. Then, like, we're going to have to raise some funds somehow. And uh, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of this Maitland-Niles leaving rumour. So I, I oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not having this, Teddy. You are the biggest slater of Maitland-Niles I've ever seen. Don't even try to take this back now. Yeah, we had a good, we had a good game in the final. Right, so I've changed my mind. Oh, I can't believe this. You were the biggest slater of Maitland-Niles on this whole podcast. And somehow these guys changed his tune. I was actually a Maitland-Niles defender. I actually rated it. And I'm actually glad to see that you've, you've changed your ways. No, I decided Arteta wants him to stay. And I just believe in what Arteta wants. So, like, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll keep you Maitland-Niles then. Like, nice and versatile. I actually think we should sell Bellerin then, raise some funds. Because no. oh, you don't want to sell. I I reckon I've heard the rumours that Bellerin was thinking of leaving. I I'd be okay with it. 
No, why would you sell Bellerin? Why would you sell our best right back? Because I think Maitland Niles can make the step up. I mean, are we just it's just going backwards selling our best right back. Like, why don't we sell Bamyang and Tierney as well? Like, no, no, no. Because if you think about it, you're selling in a position you already have the backups ready. Prior to Bellerin, is he though? Bellerin, Bellerin had a good end to the season, yes. But I still think that Maitland Niles has the qualities to be the better right back. I, I mean, doesn't right. Bellerin's a leader. Um, like he's vocal in the dressing room. I think he's a good defender. He's got a lot going forwards. Like he's just coming back from this injury. I, I, I wouldn't sell Bellerin. Like I, I think he's one of my more important players, definitely. Okay, fair enough. Um, so we go in and we have the Unai. I like to call him the Unai draw machine uh, because all he seemed to do is provide draws. Um, and Harry mentioned a bit earlier, he played Lucas Torreira as a cam. The strangest decision I've ever seen. Lucas Torreira, though, he could be heading out the door. And I'm not sure. I, I actually thought Lucas Torreira, when he was brought in, because after that amazing World Cup he had, he was actually, I thought he could have solved our defensive midfield issues. And I just don't think it's worked out. And I'm not really sure why, because I think he's a good player. But I just don't think he really suits the Premier League that much. He's a bit too small. Yeah, yeah cool. I think just after his injury, he hasn't recovered. So I think it's just like Bellerin, just after the injury, not not recovering to where like they were at their best. Obviously, that takes like takes time, but in the games he has played, he hasn't really shown up at all. Um, yeah, I think he's poor on the ball as well. Um, like he's a good defensive midfielder, but like he does need to work on his range of passing and things like that. But like, I mean, ultimately, like he had a very good first season, but he was a bit disappointed this season. But I'd like him to stay around and um, have another go. I mean, if you can get an upgrade on him, I wouldn't be opposed to selling him. If that, you yeah. know, yeah, we could. Also, uh, there's obviously that swap deal about that guy from Roma, some Diawaro guy. Never heard of him. Apparently, he's okay. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. Um, and then we have the the Shaka meltdown in, in at Crystal Palace. Um, and this is credit to Arteta, if you think about it. I mean, he managed to convince the guy to stay post-Christmas. And he, arguably, he's been our best midfielder, probably alongside Ceballos, with the whole kind of COVID restart. I actually want him to have the captaincy back. I actually think he's like he's our captain. I see him as our captain. I don't know, but Teddy, do you think he's he should be the captain? I mean, in my kind of ideal vision, we have Shaka playing at the base of a three midfield. We have Partey next to it being our box-to-box. And then we have, you know, our Coutinho, whoever, playing number 10. And it would just it'd be amazing, in my mind. Um, I mean, you, you said I always attacked Maitland-Niles, but, like, put it on record, I always supported Xhaka on this podcast. I always said he was one of our most important players. Um, and, yeah, I'm so happy to see him reintegrating the team and playing really well. Um, I don't think he should be made captain again. Um, because I think we saw he didn't quite handle it properly. Like I, I, he is a leader, he's, he's very responsible. But I like that. Like you can't you don't just have to have one leader on the pitch. You can have multiple leaders. Your leader, your best leader, doesn't have to be your captain. Like um, and like he didn't mess up in in October, and he deserves to be punished. And his punishment was he was stripped of the cap- captaincy. Like he's come back in, he's excelling in the team. And yeah, I think he's massively part of our plans for the future. I also think. Um, if we want Aubameyang to stay, and it looks like he will stay, um, allowing him to be captain is huge. Like Aubameyang is not going to stay if we go, okay, we're going to give the captaincy back to Xhaka. 
Um, so, I mean, look, Xhaka, a leader, definitely in my starting midfield for next season. Hopefully, alongside Ceballos, um, for me, and someone else. Um, then, yeah, I'm so glad he's been reintegrated. And it speaks volumes about Arteta's man management. And that's why I feel like he's got it right with Guendouzi and Ozil freezing him out because he's brought in who he wants to bring in um, from the wilderness and put people into the wilderness who he doesn't raise. Yeah, I feel like I don't know, in January I, I kind of did want Jacker out just because of like all the things that happened with him. And like you don't want to see that from one of your players, obviously. But I think he's recovered quite well, like very well, actually. And yeah, definitely in my starting midfield. Um, but yeah, I, I think the importance of the captaincy to Aubameyang is like really highly rated because with that he has like confidence. So that's you know why he might be scoring a lot of goals with this captaincy. Obviously, he didn't he did last year as well without being captain. But um, now that him and Arteta have a really good relationship and him being like captain, I think that's a good thing moving forward for like at least in like another year or two maybe. So, but I think, yeah, as you said, yeah, Xhaka, he is another player with leadership qualities um, and there are a few others in the team as well. But he is like a good, not a captain, but just a, like in the core of our team going forward. Yeah, I think he's definitely the future of that spine of that midfield. And he provides a lot of balance in there as well. And I think Arteta, if he's managed to convince Aubameyang to sign a new deal, I think it just speaks wonders about it's just a great selling point to transfers that you can say our best player has signed up to this project. Why don't you want to join as well? Like he could call up Thomas Partey and be like, yo, Thomas, come join the party or something like that. And I mean, that could be great in his announcement video if that ever did happen. I'd, I'd totally be down for that, 100%. No, honestly, I don't think we're struggling to attract players whatsoever. I think mm. the problem is whether we can afford the players we want. Like all the yeah. players that I see us linked with, like... I see these players as wanting to stay. Like Sky said today that um, Sabayas wanted to stay at Arsenal for at least another season on loan. Um, like all the rumours say that if we can uh, meet Partey's release clause, then Partey wants to join. Like I don't think us as a brand or an image is, is what's letting us down. I think it's just whether we can afford to bring these players in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think if we sell Guendouzi, I think we'll be able to afford Partey's release clause, to be honest. I just think it's a matter of when we sell Guendouzi, that money being going going into possibly buying Partey at that stage. Well, I'm, I'm more of a um, fan of our Leon. Can't we have both? Let, let's get both in this you know, generous world that we live in. Oh, yes, we need like both. We have, I mean, yeah. Go on, yeah, go on. Both, both would be ideal, but um, I feel like I, I'd, I think I'd prefer party just because like I don't mind Sabayos playing um, instead of like instead of having our but just I think party would be a great sign and more important you need somebody to be able to like drive that ball up the field because the link between defence and like midfield and midfield to like attack was just awful it just was non-existent so if we got like Shaka playing passes and like party driving forward but Sabaris isn't really a 10, though. That's that's my issue with the thing, is that he's not really a 10. He's more like a deep-lying six, like alongside with Shaka. If you you could imagine it, like, if Sabaris actually signed on the loan extension, 
where would he play in that midfield? I think it'd be a mix. You can't have both Ceballos and Shaka if you're also signing Partey and an attacking midfielder. It's either Shaka or Ceballos playing in that kind of deep-lying playmaker role. I don't think you can have both of them in the same midfield alongside an eight, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but you could have you could have Xhaka alongside Ceballos and Awa. Yeah, that you could do. That you could do. I'd play Xhaka and then two eights and Ceballos and Awa. Thing is, Awa's price, Awa's price just went through the roof with Leon winning that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, it's true. I also feel a swap deal with Gwendouzi's on the cards. I, I heard about like Edu calling them up and them just kind of laughing at our face and saying no for Gwendouzi. So who are we also going to kind of... We might sell Lacazette as well. I've heard rumours that Juventus won like 45 million. In the... I'm not sure if we want to sell him. I don't think we have enough depth at striker if we sell Lacazette. I'd give Lacazette. The thing is, if we're moving to a 4-3-3, do we play over through the middle to get through like all the wingers we have? I think so, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't mind. I think 45 mil for Lacazette's like a bargain, to be honest. I don't think he's worth more than about 35 mil right now. Um, surprised that Juve actually wanted him in the first place. But I think that like Nketiah can probably be back up. I don't, after that, we don't really have much. Um, I, I take Bartolini and Nketiah, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's Martin is like the same as a Batman can play left wing or striker. So, yeah, Martinelli's out. Yeah, yeah, he's out till yeah. maybe January, maybe I think I've heard. So that 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 kind of puts it through in the plan. But I'd be okay with Laka leaving. It'd be like the equivalent of what a Coutinho sell did for him. If it balances the team a bit more and we move to using our natural width with our wingers and getting the midfield sorted, I'd be okay with Lacazette leaving if it means getting a party. If it means getting an hour out, yeah, I can't even say this. Now. I'm just going to call it Hussein in this podcast, just be much easier. If we balance the midfield, but because Lacazette leaves, I'd be okay with the, the sale. Obviously, we've talked a lot also about the youngsters. Where does kind of Saka line up in this team next year? Is he playing predominantly on the left, or can he play that kind of attack and midfield role? Who wants to take this one? Um, I just think he can play anywhere, but I like him as a winger, not like, like down the middle. Um, I think he's either a winger, like left wing or left or left back, or um, just because he he has got like that composure in the final third, and he has got that quality, which I don't, I don't think is wait. I think it's wasted in midfield, um, and he has like got. He can prove he's proven that he can give assists, and that's what like Bamiang needs. That's all he needs, because if you give the assist to him, then he will score. So that's like, and obviously with Pepe as well, that's two good outlets um, that we can use, uh, like providing goals to Bamiang. That's what we've done all season. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'd, I'd probably play him on the wing as well. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of responsibility playing midfield as well. And, I feel like he's better used on the wing where he's quick and he can track back as well. I feel that's, that's that's useful that he can play as a bit of a defensive winger in a way in a big game, like particularly helping Tierney out down the left back. Emil Smith-Rowe, he's coming back into the team. I actually think he could play quite a big role in kind of the Europa League campaign and possibly break into the team in that camp position, depending on how well he plays. Because 
I think he's quite underrated as one of our youngsters because I remember him in like the Europa League campaigns a few years ago. He's a pretty good baller. I'm quite impressed with him. And I think he could be ready to make the step up. Reese Nelson hasn't really taken that step for me yet. I think he could do with a loan. Joe Willock's a good squad player. That's another player Teddy does not like. So if he ever does kind of say Joe Willock plays well and stuff, remember this now. No, he's allowed to have a good game. Like, I just don't really play him as a footballer at the moment. Okay, fine. I still also think he scored the goal of the season as well. Oh, the, the kind of left, the right foot curl. At the, yeah, the bang, yeah, that was a banger against Liverpool, wasn't it? I mean, more what I mean is I just don't get why he plays as much as he does. Like, I agree he's a decent squad player. I just don't see why he plays as much as he does. I, I just think he's good to get legs around that midfield. I admit, he is quite poor at times. And his finishing is uh, yeah. so he shouldn't be starting, though. He shouldn't be starting at all. Mm-hmm. I think I think with like him and Smith Rowe, they just need to start all the cup all the cup games basically. Because I don't think Arsenal fans actually recognise how like good Smith Rowe is. I mean he's not he's not amazing, but he's I think he's better than Willock. Um and they just need to give him time and play like the easy games so he like gains confidence. He's still obviously really young, so but he's he had an impact on Huddersfield. Um in the championship, like scoring, I think he scored against he the winner against West Brom for them. So mm-hmm. that was like a key match in their season, allowed them to stay up. So um, yeah, be be nice to see him uh, break through this season, maybe. Teddy thoughts on Smithrow? Oh yeah, no, great. Let's just give him a bit of a chance, like in the cup games and he wrote the league. I agree. Um, I also think I probably wouldn't send Reese Nelson out on loan because um, I thought he was playing a bit better towards the end of the season and like, I think he's quite a talented lad um, so quite like him just to train with Arteta I think that's almost slightly underrated I always think in a bit of a flaw in the loan system is that um, actually what that we've got far more high, high quality coaches at Arsenal than you would do somewhere in the championship and I quite like our coaches to work with him in a way and I think we've got enough games with the with the Europa League and the Carabao Cup and whatever that Nelson can get enough game time, definitely. Yeah, I, I really want to see Reese kind of take the next step, like consistently score goals in the Europa League and push Pepe for that place because he's got all the talent in the world and he could really... I'd love to see him kind of coming through on that right wing. It'd be, it'd be an amazing sight to see. I'm yeah, actually rating Reese Nelson. He needs to do what Martinelli did this season. Exactly. That's how he got recognised, and Reese just hasn't got that thing yet. I think he's definitely disappointed a bit this season. Like, there's quite a lot of hype about Reese Nelson and how well he played at Hoffenheim and all of that. But actually, when you think about young players this season, it's really been like Saka and Martinelli who've, who've really taken the whole thing by storm, and Nelson has actually um, disappointed slightly, despite our youngsters uh, more generally having a very good season. Yeah, and I guess. It's not really a bow to finish our season because it, it really does paper over the cracks, but it has shades of that 2017 run when Wenger was on his dying last breaths and somehow he pulls together two amazing games and we win the FA Cup. Arteta does the same thing. And I actually think it was so important for him to win that game because it just showed the players, if you saw him celebrating, the players love him. We got European football. I think it gives the, the club 
I think if he didn't win the game, I think they might be hesitant to back him, even though he, we can see the complete changes he made to the team. But I think the club are going to back him this summer. And I think if they get the key kind of positions in, I actually think Arsenal could surprise a lot of people and we could make top four. Kind of over, over probably Man United, I guess, because Man United... We'll just take this opportunity to laugh at Man United now. Let's just let's just all take a collective laugh at how poor they were yesterday against Sevilla. I'm not gonna. I okay. I have. I will admit I have slagged off Mason Greenwood, but I have like praised him in certain times. Am I allowed to like laugh at Mason Greenwood at this situation, or is that too peak? I think I think laugh at Martial. Yes, yeah, Martial was cold finish and not doing not doing anything. Rashford so, as well. Yeah. Their whole front three was yeah. just poor. And you see why they want to spend a hundred million yeah, no, on Chase Sancho as well. I don't really know. I was a bit harsh. Like, everyone was praising their front three a few games ago when they were scoring like four or five every game. And like, they were young players. Like, oh, we always said... They were all scoring against like lower league teams. They, were, they didn't perform in the big game against Chelsea. They didn't perform in this big game. If you already score against smaller teams, like... Are you really actually? Mason Green was the eight team. Like he scored almost twenty goals this season. Like I would like, give it. Saka's had a like, good season than that. Mason Greenwood has had a far better season than Saka's had. And, and Martial and Rashford, they're senior players. You even though they're young, they've played playing professional football for like five, six years now. They've got to be having a better game than that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Like they didn't have a good game, but I think it's fit. I, I was only saying it's a bit harsh because uh, I'm not saying that they didn't have a bad game. They did have a bad game. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think it's partly like defensive issues as well. Like, yeah. They're no pro- they're no problem going forward, but they need that defensive that defence sort out as well because yeah, I don't I think Brandon Williams is that good or like Maguire or Lindelof. I think I don't know. Maguire is a bit hit and miss for me. He's definitely not worth 80 mil, but I think he's like solid. Yeah, like yeah Pepe might not be worth 72, but Maguire certainly isn't worth 80. To 80. Yeah. So, so poor. Like, that's where United won the game. That's kind of what I mean as well. Lost the game. Like, it was their defence. It wasn't their attack, which lost in the game, I don't think. Like, Keeper had a good game. Like, Bono, like, uh, ridiculous name, but. I don't know, like Manchester United, they throw a lot of money at the problem and the thing is they will back their manager, they always do. But like, the, you always hear them being linked with like Jadon Sancho. In reality, they need a defender. They need a left back. They need another centre back. They need to get rid... The thing is, this is the irony of the situation is that Chris Smalling, their best defender, they're trying to sell and they're keeping Lindelof. Is, um, is Eric Bailly still at the club? Yeah. yeah. Yes. He's shocking. Um, who else? Is that? I don't even know. Yeah, Man United. I actually think Phil, oh, Phil Jones. I actually remember when Arsenal fan signed Phil Jones. Yeah, that's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it's those John Stones rumors which are concerning me. Like, bloody awful. I don't want John Stones. That's just. Oh, I really don't want John Stones. Yeah, I would keep Mustafi. Mustafi, even though Mustafi has a mistake in him. He can play on certain big games and he wouldn't be required to start every week because I think the starting team is probably going to be like David Luiz and Saliba. Maybe. No, he won't play Marins. David Luiz as a two. 
then who do you play? Do you play Pablo Mari and Saliba? Because you can't really play like. I mean, eventually you've got to transition towards Gabriel and Saliba, but Gabriel, I think, still needs to learn the league. I don't want to rush us back here. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, do we start with David Luiz and Mari then? I don't know. I... No, not David Luiz. They will for like the first. In the first they game, they should do they, just to ease Saliba in. You, you've got to ease Saliba in. He's 18, 19 years old. You can't throw him in starting a Premier League game. I think they might ease. Yeah. I think what they might do is they might ease both of them in in the Europa League. Maybe start Saliba and Gabriel together to pairing in the Europa League and play like Pablo Mari and David Luiz or Mustafi in the Premier League. And then as kind of Saliba and stuff get some more experience, then you can move them into the Premier League. Just make it a bit easier on them. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Like, I mean, it'd be quite nice if we could sign a defender with Premier League experience, but I don't think it seems likely. So... I guess we'll have to just ease them all in. Um, and I mean, there isn't really any options in terms of signing um, defenders with Premier League experience. Like, uh, we, we, we're not very good. Like, it'd be quite hard to attract anyone who's, who's good enough to, um, that they'd want to come play for us because almost anyone who's good enough finished above us in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And on that depressing bombshell, uh, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of the Shoot Show podcast. I'd also like to thank Teddy and Harry for coming on today's episode and I will have their social media pages in the description below. If you're listening on the podcast channels, just download and follow the page, watch on YouTube, like, comment and subscribe. This has been your host, Mark Monte and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.